That is the bell for round number 12, fight number two. Here we go, folks. Punches and bunches. Shoe shines in the corner. Hot sauce to the ribs. Ganchos al hígado. When in doubt, stick it out. Duro, duro, duro. Pacific Coast Boxing. Fonzo Ruiz with my co-host Rick Prado coming at you here for another podcast tonight. Yeah, no, excited for a new year, man. You know, uh, looking forward to the big fights coming up in 2021 and uh, a big... uh, year for us yep happy new year rick happy new year everybody out there um hopefully 2021 is is another is i say another good year i know 2020 was a challenging year but if you're alive right it couldn't have been that bad then it's a good year right so we're still here and so wow so we started off the year with right what many folks are you know anointing as the savior and the marquee name unboxing with mr ryan garcia Mm -hmm first weekend of boxing right and he delivered with a sensational performance knockout of luke campbell after he tasted the canvas so not a bad way to start the year rick no no it was uh you know great great fight to watch exciting you know everything you can ask for you know um brian garcia getting knocked down you know luke campbell you know getting knocked out at the end you know action-packed fight. Yeah, it was in drama. Uh, the fight card wasn't yeah. too bad, right? There was the uh, Alvarado-Gutierrez uh, fight mm-hmm. that took place earlier. We're going to talk about that because, yeah. again, because it's Ryan Garcia, the you know not only the social media sensation, but obviously he's a fighter first. And everything that surrounded that fight, Rick, okay, if everything from the, you know, the relationship and some of the nuances that we saw between, you know, the after the fight with him and De La Hoya... Mm-hmm. And um, the now six foot one Canelo, right? Yeah. We'll we'll talk about all that in a separate segment because I really want to touch on a lot of a lot of things that were said, right? Chris Mannix was talking yeah. about, you know, he's now the shot caller in the lightweight division, and is he the one that's going to cross over and bring boxing back? So let's talk about that. Let's talk mm-hmm. about that whole event that took place because it was the first weekend. And I'll tell you, he delivered, okay? But let's talk about everything I said and, you know, how much of that is true? How much is that going to come to fruition, okay? But here we are in 2021, Rick, right? It's new. It's fresh. And, you know, we're eternal optimists, right? So, you know, we can only hope, right, the fights that hopefully come to fruition in 2020. Unfortunately, some of these are the same fights from 20, sorry, in 2021. Uh Some of these are the same from 2020, right? So yeah. the fight's off the top. And we'll do another show or podcast where we will break down every division mm-hmm. and the fights we want to see. But at a high level, if we're talking about, okay, what are the no-brainers? Spence yeah. Crawford. Yeah. Got to happen. Got to happen. Um, Fury Joshua mm-hmm. at this point, right? I, I don't even mind, right? Of course, I'd like to see AJ with the uh, rematch against Wilder, right? But yeah. that trio needs to fight. But ideally, we need to see AJ and Fury. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. It, it, it's the fight that... Uh, you want to bring boxing back? That's that's the one where you know the two best heavyweights in the world are fighting one. The glamour division, yeah. right? Um, Amanda Serrano, Katie Taylor. Yeah, the fight's got to happen. Fight. Yeah. You know, let's put all of the you know the the, the political, the promoter, all the bureaucracies. Polit- let's put that you know off the side. Mm-hmm. Local fight. You know, we'd like to see Sinisa Estrada fight Marlon Esparza. Yeah, that fight needs to happen. Ramirez and Josh Taylor. Although that one looks mm-hmm. a little bit more palatable, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, you get a couple of top-ranked guys, you know, yeah. it's easy to make that fight. Should be. 
And then, of course, you got the tremendous lightweight division, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were just talking about Ryan Garcia. So that whole, you know, that the four, you know, uh, staples there of the lightweight division, Garcia, yep. Devin Haney, Gervonta Tank Davis, Tefimo Lopez, those guys have to fight. Mm-hmm. Somehow or another, a combination of them have to fight. Those are kind of the no-brainers. I know there's a lot more out there, yeah. right? Folks are going to say, one, well, geez. Yeah, one, go ahead. Well, one more. Yes. Uh, probably the biggest money fight of, of them all, mm-hmm. Mikey Garcia and Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, Garcia and Pacquiao, yeah. that's another one. Yeah, that's a good call. No-brainers, right? Yeah. These are the ones that if you can't make, we understand there's a lot of other really good fights to make, mm-hmm. and, and we will cover those, right? Yeah. Of course, me personally, I'd like to see Leo Santa Cruz against Emmanuel Navarrete. Uh, you got Josh Warrington and Zhu Can. That one looks like it's going to be a reality. There's a whole bunch, trust yeah. me, right? There's a lot in the uh, super middlemate, uh, middleweight division. I want to see Charlo against certain fighters. I get that. These are just like the no-brainers for yeah. 2021, though, right? No-brainers. Yeah. If you want to bring boxing boxing back to the forefront, mm-hmm. right? Not only for us, but for everybody. So um, so 2021, looking forward to it, right? Yeah. Hopefully the other thing is that we can hopefully start to put the COVID not past us, but maybe hopefully the vaccine um, starts to become a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, um, available. And, you know, from a boxing perspective, yeah. we can start actually attending fights and seeing fights with fans in them. Yeah. Because it was some really good fights this year that would have been a lot better with 12,000, 15,000 rabid boxing fans, Rick. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm getting sick and tired of seeing them in Texas. You know, I want to see. I know. We need to get California back open again. It's going to be months and yeah. it's going to be down the road probably towards the middle of the year. Yep. But I uh, can't wait for it. Well, yeah, I'm not going to get into politics because this show is only a boxing show, so I won't make comments about the beautiful state that we live in of California and the reason why some of those fights. The Rose Bowl was moved to Texas as well, by the way. So go figure. All right, folks, so here's what's going on today, okay? We're going to break down the whole Ryan Garcia. I'm going to call it the Ryan Garcia event, right? Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't just a fight, right? It was an event, if you were really paying attention, right, to Mm -hmm. some of the post-fight um, you know, stuff and, and things that happen afterwards and the interviews and what happens next, right? Where does he go? Is yeah. he the savior? We're going to talk about that. There's also a lot of boxing news um, mm-hmm. that we still need to cover. Um, Edward Berlanga in the news, yeah, calling out some fighters. He must have been listening to the podcast, Rick. There was a couple of the fights that took place. Um, really good story, right, with Gutierrez and Alvarado mm-hmm. on, on the undercard. Um, by the way, uh, Raul Lizarraga, a uh, fighter that we interviewed here in studio with his brother. He's going to make his pro debut at the end of January. That's going to be in TJ. Oh, wow. They will definitely have to make it out for that. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, we we, we have to see yeah. it. Yeah, we have to see it. I mean, we couldn't make uh, Lazaro's fight. Mm-hmm. We were just, we were traveling Vegas yeah. and different places. So hopefully we can make this one. And then hopefully we'll get Laz's next fight as well. Mm-hmm. And, and we can attend uh, that as well. So that's what's coming up, folks. Big show. You're not going to want to miss a lot of the information. And then, Rick, hopefully, right, next week it looks like we good oper- good chance that we're going to have the author, Christian Judici or Judice. Yeah. I'm probably butchering it. He, the author of four boxing books, the latest being uh, the one on Macho Camacho that just came out in October. Yeah. Prior to that, Wilfredo Gomez, book on Alexis Arguello and Roberto Duran. So he has agreed to come on the podcast Fired up, man. Yeah, yeah, great, right? great author. You know, probably even bigger fight fan. Yeah, yeah. To other than the fact that he's an East Coast guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Give him a hard time we'll, about we'll, that. We'll look the other way. That's right. That's right. All right, folks. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing.
All right, Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz back with Rick Prado. Yeah, I'll tell you, man, I mean, 2021, right? We can only hope, right, Mm -hmm. that boxing delivers on not only some of the fights that we mentioned, but like I said, there's a lot of other fights before those seven or eight that we mentioned that are just Mm no-brainers. But those are no-brainers, Rick. Like, those are not even ones that folks need to, you know, think about for in, in, in any amount of time like that, those are the fights we need to see. Yeah, and a lot of them are a lot of the repeat fights that we wanted in 2020. That's what I'm you know, saying. We're still waiting for, you know, for these fights and uh, they're going to happen this year. You know, it's just a matter of time. They didn't materialize for one reason or another, right? right. In some cases, you know, maybe it was COVID and they wanted fans mm-hmm. and the situation. But in a lot of cases, right, it, it was 100% had to do with the, you know, the promotional companies who yeah. represent them and the willingness, right, to take more, to take less, mm-hmm. to concede who's the A fighter, who's the B fighter, the whole heavyweight. I mean, David, that's just a mess, right? Yeah. Um, Wilder had a guaranteed the rematch clause, right? For whatever reason, it didn't happen, okay? And then, of course, he started with the whole, you know, excuse machine as to why mm-hmm. he lost. Now, we're and, and, and unfortunately, we're left with nothing, Right, we're left with absolutely nothing. I love the fact that they're actually talking about even giving up the belts. Mm-hmm. Right, that's that's the latest. Right, as both Fury and Joshua are talking about, hey, let's just give up the belts and fight all of Mayweather, which I think is great. Yeah, you know, because you know they they can relinquish the belts, you know, have their fights, determine who the best heavyweight you know in the division is, and then go back and pick up those belts. Yeah, absolutely, you know? absolutely. And by the way, you know, there's still the Ring Magazine belt, right? Yeah. That they that that belt would still be, which mm-hmm. some folks still covet that as the actual championship belt. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that 2021 we we see a lot more of this, right? Um, again, we started off the year, so let's talk about the Ryan Garcia fight. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, from a uh, from a pure boxing perspective. Mm-hmm. Great fight, right? Yeah. Great fight. You know, I mean, didn't this wasn't the the twelve round where there was the ebb and flow? It was it was really simple, right? Yeah. He came in, he got tagged by a lefty. We knew Luke Campbell was tough, right? Yeah. He got tested. Oh my gosh, he's down. What's he gonna do, mm-hmm. right? Not only right. has he never been, you know, in a long fight, he's never been down. Yeah. No, this this fight had everything. You know, he mm-hmm. he came out. Uh, you know, they carried him on his throne, you know, to the yes, ring. Yes, You know, he yes. came out. It was uh, <laughs> Prince Nassim Hamed style. They right. brought him to the ring. Yep. Um, pageantry. Everything was there. So, you know, it was it, it was good because he did come in a little. It seemed a little cocky. Yeah. You know, and I think, uh, I think that shot that uh, he gave him in the second round was yeah. going to wake him up. Yeah. You know, and it did in the fight. But yeah. I think overall it's something that's good for him. You know, I think um, – his defense is a little suspect. Yeah. You know, he stands a little flat footed. He's a little bit easy to hit. Yeah. Um, and I think once they saw, you know, hey, you got a hit, they're going to go back to the drawing board and, and, and shore up that defense. Yeah. And it wasn't, um, now it was a lefty, right? And yeah. again, it wasn't even like a sneaky left, right? Mm-hmm. It was a almost a telegraph, yeah. right? Just a long left hand that made it through. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, right? Impressive. Impressive yeah. that he came back and dominated. Uh, he's going to learn from it, right? I mean, you saw, right, after he um, after he hurt him, right, yeah. he came back and then, you know, tried to annihilate him. And, and Luke Campbell's too good for that, right? Yeah. And those are, the, those are the things, right? He's fortunate that he was fighting a guy like Luke Campbell. 
because a better fighter and maybe a more seasoned fighter weathers that storm and probably comes back, right, mm -hmm. and does damage to Garcia. You mentioned his defense, right? Yeah. His defense looks very amateurish, yeah. right? He essentially stands there, and then he just turns his face and turns his head. Turns his head, and then uh, he'll, he'll sometimes uh, just lean back to You're avoid right. the punches. Mm -hmm. And he did lean back on that Luke Campbell one, but it still got him. Right. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, believe me, right? Fighters like Teofimo Lopez, mm -hmm. they take note of that, yeah. right? They take note of that. He's 5'10", and that's an advantage in that lightweight division, right? Yeah. That's why, you know, against Tank Davis, who's what, all of 5'6", five, 5'7", five, mm -hmm. maybe? He'd have a huge advantage, right? However, right, if the little guys can get inside, good luck. So, yeah, I think boxing-wise, great performance, very impressive, did what he mm -hmm. had to do. And even within the fight, there's a maturation process, right? Yeah. It, it was he, you know, he's not getting anything from flooring these guys in the first round, right? No, no, right? yeah, get anything yeah. out of those, ma'am. No, you you have to have a you have to have these types of fights, you know, learning experiences. Um, you know, reminding me a little bit of a uh, you know early Felix Trinidad. Yeah, you know where sure he'd always get that early knockdown. Yes, where he 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 hit the canvas. Yeah, and he'd come back. And uh, you right. know, knock the other guy out. Yeah, Wilfredo well, Gomez, the, yeah. one of the great uh, Puerto Rican fighters, who uh, one of the books Christian uh, Judici wrote about, right? Mm -hmm. In his first championship fight, he got knocked down in the first round. Yeah, and then he came back and uh, you know and knocked and uh, and won by knockout. But um, so you're right, right? Yeah. Trinidad that happened. So it's going to happen, yeah. but you never know how they're going to react, mm -hmm. right? You never know how they're going to react when they taste the canvas for the first time and they're hurt for the first time, right? Because you can go either way. Yeah. And in Ryan Garcia's case, he came up and he answered the call, and then ultimately he knocked him out. So um, now let's talk about the post fight, right? A okay. couple things. First of all, wow, right? A very glaring um, separation between Ryan Garcia and his promoter, uh -huh. Oscar De La Hoya, right? Yeah. Even in the interview, right? Even in the interview, when they were asking him and who he was thanking, you made a great point, right? Reminiscent of Tommy Gunn. Yeah. Right. Thanking everybody but Rocky. Yeah. Right. Who essentially had had gotten him to that point. Uh -huh. Right. He thanked everybody. He thanked uh, Canelo and who's the other guy he thanked? Uh, uh, the um, his trainer. I think trainer, it was yeah Reynoso. Reynoso. Yeah. But didn't thank De La Hoya. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, to say that that's a strained a strained relationship, Rick, is putting it mildly. Yeah. Okay. Um, he was quoted in an interview that he did on, uh, with Mark Kriegel, ESPN, about how he just doesn't feel it. There's mm -hmm. just nothing there with De La Hoya, yeah. that he would like to have a relationship, but they just haven't connected. De La Hoya, of course, says, yeah, it would be beautiful to have that conversation mm -hmm. and discussion, but he's also his promoter. And I'm thinking to myself, since when is that a rule that a promoter can't yeah. also be a friend and provide guidance and direction? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like uh, you know De La Hoya is wounded right now because uh, mm -hmm. you know Canelo left, his feelings were hurt, and he, he's yeah. come out and said too, like you know his feelings were hurt yeah. that uh, he felt like he got Canelo to that point. Right, he left. Um, I do feel like um, Ryan Garcia has got one one foot out the door, probably yeah. just waiting for this contract to end. Yeah, then you know him Canelo can do the same thing where you know maybe if Canelo starts his own promotion, right, he'll be under his promotion and. Yep. Uh, you know, they can go from there. You can see that happening. We don't really know, right, mm -hmm. the uh, the specifics of the contract that he has with Golden Boy, mm -hmm. right, as far as how long it is? No. Yeah. 
I mean, we know that it was extended, right? Mm-hmm. I think was it last year? Yeah. When yeah, they were having a bunch of issues, and then he went ahead and gave them that bo- signing bonus and, and a watch. I think uh, there was right. there was a watch exchange, right? You know, they, it, uh, and De La Hoya, of course, is coming out and you know making comments. Wasn't impressed with Canelo's performance against Liam Smith. Yeah. Also, uh, that uh, Ryan Garcia is going to be you know way bigger than Canelo, mm-hmm. which he's supposed to say that as a promoter, yeah. right? Either way, to your point, right? I I don't see this ending well. No. I said this before when he, when they were when Ryan Garcia was coming out mm-hmm. and speaking against De La Hoya. Um, again, you don't have to be best friends, right? like yeah. at work, right? You don't have to ha- go out and hang out and have a beer afterwards mm-hmm. with everybody you work with. But I'll tell you what, Rick, it sure makes it better, right? Yeah. Especially from uh, from boxing. Listen, in boxing, there's only a few key players in the whole boxing game. There's obviously mm-hmm. the fighter himself, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, the fighter is the commodity. Yeah. That's the product. And then the fighter surrounds himself with the trainer. Right yeah. now, the trainer in most cases, right, mm-hmm. is and sometimes they're trainer managers, but the trainer focuses on the actual boxing skill sets yeah. and developing that and preparing, etc. And then there's the manager, right? The manager's job is to really do their job to um, the the business side of it yeah. to make sure that whatever fights the promoter makes, the promoter's job is to identify and establish fights with other promoters. Mm-hmm. The manager makes sure that it's a fair um, package business wise. For the fighter, yeah. So there's a lot of pieces there, yeah. right? But they're really they're all very close, right? Mm-hmm. They're tightly knit, but they each have their own role. It is really dang important that the promoter has some relationship with the fighter, yeah, yeah. right? It, yeah, definitely. otherwise it becomes contentious. So I mean, yeah. look look at what happened with Don King uh-huh. and the number of guys that he's pissed off over the years, yeah. right? And you know, yeah, I would even mention uh, Manny Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. Remember when there was there was issues between Freddie Roach, the manager, the guy. Yes. The guy who yes. was uh, the fitness coach, mm-hmm. the uh, yeah. you know, then the promoter, and it was a big mess for a long time. Right, and then you end up with Freddie Roach on the outside looking in, yep. and Boo Boy as, yes. oh, as that's right. trainer. That's right. That's right. The great Boo Boy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. It's like, look, from De La Hoya's perspective, right? You've got some PR work to do, man. Okay, yeah. and why not? Right, like this is where like swallow your ego, swallow your pride. We talked about it with Canelo, and it's the same with Ryan Garcia. He's human, right? Is there is there some envy there, right? Is there some jealousy because, you know, he basically is the modern-age Oscar De La Hoya, yeah. right? Yeah. The crossover. We went to the fight mm-hmm. Valentine's Day last year. There was as many females as there were mm-hmm. males. Oscar De La Hoya probably says, well, yeah, if I, we had social media back when I was around, right, yeah. I'd have double the followers and all that stuff. It is what it is. I think De La Hoya needs to get around it. This is when I'm not sure about De La Hoya's business acumen, yeah. right? Because if he has that business acumen, he immediately, Rick, starts to engage and cultivate a relationship with uh, Ryan mm-hmm. Garcia, man. And, and I think that's the hard part. I think um, Golden Boy was a more um, well, well-oiled well machine yeah. that was running when uh, Richard Schaefer was there yeah. before the big split with Richard Schaefer. Right. Schaefer handled all the business side. Right. You know, right. De La Hoya was more like the face yeah. of Golden Boy. Right. And, um, you know, he was the one signing the checks. Yeah. And then Schaefer was handling the business side. Well, and of course, they don't forget, right? I mean, De La Hoya had a huge falling out with Bob Arum, right? Mm-hmm. First, he gave, I think he still has it, but he gave Bob Arum his Olympic, all right? Yeah. The uh, the gold medal, yeah. right? So there, there was that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I just, so that's one thing. Very, that glaring. Right. Mm-hmm. The other thing that was glaring, Rick, was um, Canelo Alvarez wearing four inch uh, heels on his shoes. 
<laughs> okay? Because as soon as you went in the ring, uh-huh. right, we immediately called that out and uh-huh. said, how is Canelo having a conversation eye to eye and even looking a little down at Ryan Garcia? When did he go from 5'8 to 6'1"? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah. yeah, it was definitely, uh, you pointed that out right away. You know, and uh, <laughs> we were looking at those. I don't know the, the brand of shoes. They were all white. I don't know if custom made. But uh, yeah, definitely, you know, even after the fight in the locker room, there's a picture yeah. of Luke Campbell. <laughs> yeah. You know, Canelo, Ryan Garcia. You know, two of those guys are 5'10. Yeah. The other guys, yeah. 5'7. Yeah. Five yeah. seven, five eight at most. We yeah. we stood. We, yeah. we we were right in front of Canelo, mm-hmm. right inches away before yeah. COVID, right yeah. having a conversation with them right there. Mm-hmm. So and, and, yeah, yeah, no, there's no way. No. There's no way. So all right, yeah. But you know what? Hey, you know that's his prerogative. It just was <laughs> yeah. very obvious. And by the way, I'm surprised that nobody was as astute, you know, observers as we uh-huh. are, right? That didn't notice and call that out, right? Because if I'm there. Maybe that's why I wouldn't make it as a color commentary. Yeah. I'd say, "Hey guys, is it just me, right? Yeah. Or has Canelo gone through a growth spurt?" Or if you're gonna you're gonna you know? interview Canelo, 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 real quick, one yeah. question, one question. Yeah, that's How right. How did you get so tall? Right, right. <laughs> sí, Canelo. Yeah. ¿Cuánto mides? ¿Qué tan altos son los tacones en los zapatos? How high are the heels in your shoes? Yeah, because he just fought Liam Smith at six one, and he was remember during yeah. in, in the weigh in, yeah, he was yeah. literally looking straight up to him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's like, but people do have growth spurts. So I would be asking, you know, yeah. did you go through a growth spurt, you know, that, o- over the last couple of weeks? Usually not at 32. But who knows, Rick? Yeah. These guys train hard. He's disciplined. <laughs> they eat right. Who yeah. knows, man? Yeah. All right. So here's the other thing, right? Um, so after the fight, right, yeah. immediately anointed by, you know, the DAZN commentators as the new shot caller. Mm-hmm. In the division, right? Um, the new face of boxing, like boxing needed Ryan Garcia yeah. to win. And what a big deal. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to just start off there, okay? You can't be the shot caller mm-hmm. without a strap, Rick, okay? The shot caller in the lightweight division is Tefimo Lopez. Yeah. He is the shot caller in the lightweight division because he beat uh, Lomachenko, who was considered Pound for pound, one of the best fighters, right? Forget about, never mind being the lightweight champion, okay? He's the shot caller, and he beat him in convincing fashion with a virtuoso performance. Mm -hmm. Is what it is. After that is Gervonta Davis, right? Simply because, not because the the, uh, Santa Cruz fight, because like we said, Santa Cruz was just undermanned going in there. Mm -hmm. Okay, Davis doesn't get credit for that. Other than than the fact that devastating knockout, Cruz has never been knocked out before. I got it, right? Um, and then Devin Haney. So no, he's not the shot caller yet, Rick. Yeah. No, you know, I, I, he's he, he's not. Uh, may, maybe they shouldn't use that term. I I feel like he's the guy where in that division, if Teofimo Lopez fights him, yeah, he makes the most money. Oh, and there's no doubt you about know, it. That, he, that that is that's the super fight. Yeah, that's the uh, even even more money than and than a Lomachenko who was re- more recently the one of the pound for pound, if not pound for pound, the best. Yes. In the world. I agree. And he makes two, three times the amount of money if he fights Dragon Garcia. I No, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Right, yes. But shot caller, no. The shot no. caller is Tufima Lopez. Yeah. He's the guy everybody wants. Mm-hmm. He pretty much, he has every belt except, you know, Lomachenko's WBO belt for yeah. some reason that didn't get transferred over. But other, other than that, he is the guy, okay? Yeah. Um, so he's not the shot caller. However, okay, you don't have to have a... a um, 
a, a strap. You don't have to have you know have a champion uh, a chip belt mm-hmm. to be the savior of boxing, right? The one that brings boxing back to the limelight, Rick, right? Yeah. Back to the glory days, you know, the the four kings, Duran, Leonard, Hagler, Hearns, the Larry Holmes, the Mike Tyson, right? Where, you know, every month we were having some sort of a barbecue and party and uh, the pool, um, you know, with somebody in the hat that was going around, yeah. right? Here's the thing, right? When you look the very next day after the fight on ESPN, Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you think on ESPN, which it is what it is, right? That pretty much is the the uh, um, the source for sports, right? Yeah. That most people go to. Was he on the front of the of their website? No, oh, probably not. Yeah. You know what he was, Rick? I counted. I should have done a screenshot. He was in the middle section where they kind of have the 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 bullet points, uh-huh. like, hey, here's here's all the other stuff going and, on. And by the way, yeah. right? Because you know what was going on? College football, mm-hmm. right? And the whole uh, college, all the playoffs that were taking place, right? Alabama, yeah. Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State, et cetera. That's what was there. And then, of course, the NFL, mm-hmm. right? Now, okay, so it was just a blurb. It was a blurb. It said, Ryan Garcia gets up to beat Luke Campbell. And then you had to click on that and go to the, you know, to the boxing section. What if Conor McGregor had fought? No, yeah. Right? On the front. He'd be on the front, yeah. right? And so that's what I'm saying, right? So no, right? If he was that big, he'd already be on the front of ESPN. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, okay, and it's not Ryan Garcia's fault, um, he needs help, okay? Ryan Garcia needs help, okay? So here for, and, and here's so a couple things. Number one, he's not a heavyweight, right? Mm-hmm. If he was a heavyweight, absolutely, right? Because yeah. as the heavyweight division goes, so does boxing. So unfortunately, he's not a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of working against him, okay? Um, Ryan Garcia at most is going to fight, what, three times per year? Yeah. Right? At most, yeah. That's probably it, right? So at this point, it's January. He's calling out Tank Davis, and we'll talk about, you know, who we think mm-hmm. he should fight next. So realistically, he's only going to fight three times, Yeah. okay? People to, nowadays, Rick, um, people get distracted, Mm-hmm. Right, you're gonna get distracted if somebody's only fighting three times. And here's the problem, right? You know, he need he's only gonna fight three times, but he needs all of these other fights that we just talked about. He needs those to materialize. Yeah, the Spence, Crawford, Garcia, Pacquiao, Fury, Joshua. That'll start to get the whole buzz going about boxing. And oh, by the way, there's this kid from Victorville, California. Mm-hmm. You know, 10 million followers on Instagram. He's gonna fight again. Did you right? Yeah. He needs help. No, yeah, you know, definitely. You know, it, um, I think with this division, it's a loaded division. I, I, I want to. I love seeing these fights, but uh, yeah, he definitely needs the help to get to that uh, level. Get these other fights. You know, more boxing fans. Um, you know, around he will bring some um, because you know we he, he packed the. Uh, he Honda packed the Center. pond, yeah. Yeah, he packed the pond, like yeah. on, on you know on, on a Friday on Valentine's on Day. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, right? Yeah. He absolutely, especially here in Southern California, mm-hmm. right? Imagine him, you know, fighting Tank Davis at yeah. the staple at the Staples Center. Okay, mm-hmm. it'll sell that place out. Yeah. Obviously, we're talking, you know, forget about COVID, right? Um, you're talking fifteen, seventeen thousand. They're easy. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Yeah. Easy. So, but that doesn't mean that he's going to bring boxing back as, as, as relevant as a, mm-hmm. as a major sport. 
but he can certainly help. But like I said, not all his fault, right? If anybody can help put a dent, it's him. But he needs all those other fights to materialize. He also needs to have willing dance partners. So he needs Teofimo, Davis, and Haney to actually enter the ring and fight him, right? Um, so let's talk about that. He's calling out Tank Davis, yeah. right? That's who he wants. Mm-hmm. He wants Tank Davis next. And I think that has a lot as much to do as the fact that the personal dislike and the back and forth that they have going on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, you know, I, I'd like to see that fight. I don't think Gervonta Davis is as willing to fight uh, him as Haney and uh, Teofimo. Yeah. Um, I think Mayweather will get in the way and... You know, hey, Javante Davis is the A side. You know, we need seventy thirty. We need the yeah. You know, to be honest, you know, Ryan Garcia is bringing the fans. Yeah, he's bringing the money to this one. Sure. Um, you know, fifty fifty. Yeah. Sixty forty. Yeah. You know, and that fight will, will get done. See, and there's the problem, right? Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. That's the problem. He's got to have willing dance partners, mm-hmm. not necessarily in the fighters, but willing dance partners and everything they bring. Yeah. Their management team, the promotional companies. Here's the good news, right? The guys that we've talked about, none of them are PBC fighters, mm-hmm. right? Jefimo is top rank. Uh, Davis is Mayweather Promotions, and then Davis, uh, Devin Haney is Matchroom, mm-hmm. right? So that's the good news, yeah. right? Those are promotion, and then of course uh, Garcia is is Golden Boy. That's the good news, mm-hmm. is that there's a possibility that these fights get made. But the devil's in the details, as you've just talked about, right? Yeah. So now we talk about right who gets this, who gets the split, where's the fight takes place. Here's one thing for us, by the way. One unfortunate thing: we may have seen the last of Ryan Garcia, Fantasy Springs. Yeah, yeah, it. Uh, right. Uh, but it probably, you know, you know, as soon as he moved over to the pond, that yeah. was probably it anyway. Yeah. You know, but definitely after this fight, yeah, you, you won't see him at uh, Fantasy Springs yeah. unless his little brother's fighting. Yeah, 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 exactly. But he's <laughs> he's, he's going to carry him around because yeah. the thing is, is that, you know, he drew, right? In Texas, he drew, had a lot of fans out mm-hmm. there. People even traveled to go see him, yeah. right? So he travels well. And so, yeah, why are you going to hold it in Fantasy Springs that holds, I don't know, 5,000 people yeah. or something when you can possibly have, you know, 12,000 to 15 at mm-hmm. the uh, at the Honda Center? Yeah, in, and, in Anaheim. I, I, and I think even the Honda Center, you know, they probably he's going to move it, move over to Staples. Yeah, um, right. You know, other other venues. Yeah, um, he he may become a, just a Vegas fighter. Yeah, you know where he goes, to MGM Grand. Right. Uh, uh, what's the the new uh, one they have over there? The uh, not the not well the, the bubble is for top rank. Yeah. Um, the Thomas and Mac. Oh, right, the, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. And then, of course, where the Raiders play, right? Yeah. And the Infinity or whatever, the Allegiant mm-hmm. Stadium, I think it is. All right, so, okay, he wants to fight Davis. Uh-huh. And I think that's because of the whole personal grudge. Yeah. He even said it as much, right? When he was calling out Devin Haney, he even said, no, I like that guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Trying to have the fans. And then, of course, he turns to the fans, a la WWE, right? Mm-hmm. Who do you guys want, right? Yeah. We want you to fight any one of those guys. I like you said. I don't think that Davis is going to fight him. No. I think that he'd like to, but I think that the money would have to be right. That's going to be tough. Yeah. Okay. Me personally, okay, I think he beats Devin Haney. So I would like for him to fight Devin Haney. Mm-hmm. Okay. After he beats Devin Haney, which I think he's fully capable of doing. Okay. Yeah. Now, okay, Rick. Now I can say he is a shot caller. Yeah. And the reason he's a shot caller because he's got the 10 million followers, okay? He's the crossover now mm-hmm. only because he has a strap, 
right? Shot caller in the lightweight division for certain. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what I'd rather see. I think he needs to fight Devin Haney. And then after that, you kind of throw it out there to Teofimo and Davis and say, okay, which one of you guys really wants this fight? Because we can make a lot of money in this. Yeah. No, I think I think that's the easiest fight to make. Matchroom, Golden Boy, they have a, a really good relationship. Yep. You know, they do fights all the time. Um, I think that's the fight. You know, he was there at the fight. You know, Javante yeah. Davis wasn't there. No. You know, he wasn't right. like, right. he's not looking for that to be his next fight. And and that's why I'm saying, right, it's like, it's okay. He's being counseled by Mayweather. Mayweather's going to, you know, already convinced him that he's yeah. the A-side. He's not the A-side. He just isn't. And, and, in, in a lot of ways, he's not. And, you know, anybody managed by, by Mayweather, right. they're going to cherry pick their opponents. Yeah. You know, and he, he's going to wait until they get a little exposed. You know, he's going to be going after the little guys. We'll probably get like uh, Gervonta Davis, Jojo Diaz next right. is what we'll get. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe even against the Gutierrez guy who, mm-hmm. uh, who fought an amazing fight. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Yeah. But that's exactly what's going to happen. Oscar Valdez. Yeah. Right, well, on Miguel Burchell, mm-hmm. right, more than likely because those, you know, they're still going to make money and those are still good fights. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying, ideally, go after Haney, mm-hmm. fight Haney, beat Haney. Now you've got an actual belt. Yeah. Right now it's it's the you know the WBC's version of a belt, mm-hmm. right? But at least he's got that. Yeah. Now you're in position for that big super fight with Tiafimo Lopez. You hold it in Vegas or you hold it in Texas, right? Hopefully, we're talking now maybe September, right? Yeah. Somewhere around there. And you've got 20,000 fans. We're, you know, God willing, past this whole COVID. And that is the super fight for 2021. Can you imagine? No, you know, it'd be great. You know, I think, um, you know, also, who does Teofimo fight? Well, that's the thing, right? So he needs to fight somebody. And again, you know, another fighter that Mayweather is not going to let Davis in the ring with, right? Yeah, no. Cuz uh Tiafimo would he would he he would uh he'd slaughter him. Well, they've already come out with the BS that yeah. that Gervonta Davis is the A side against uh Tiafimo. Yeah. You know, yeah, that, and, and he's not. None of these guys, you know, Tiafimo well, is, I I think is the A side. Yeah, I think again, Rick, I I said a couple names that you've got there, right? Yeah. Um you've got the winner of Oscar Valdez and and mm-hmm. uh and Miguel Burchell, you said Jojo Diaz. Yeah. You know, he already beat Leo Santa Cruz. Yeah, so there's a lot of guys at the at the 130. You got, you know, okay, this is for Davis, but you're talking about uh, yeah, Teofimo Lopez. Sorry. See, that's the thing, right? Teofimo Lopez is in a tough spot because he's big enough to move up to 140. Yeah. He said he's interested in that Josh Taylor Ramirez, the winner of that one, right? Mm-hmm. And I would love to see him against one of those guys. But in the lightweight division, that's the whole thing, yeah, right? Like, it's not going to fight guy? Davis. Where I know that. That fight's not going to happen. Um, a, a Lomachenko rematch, I don't need to see it. Yeah, He dominated him, yeah. right? And and just knowing the politics of it and top rank and, you know, everything, yeah. I think he probably fights Nakatani next. Yeah. You know, just to, um, as a, a team, rematch. As just a, a rematch, right, you know, a, right. a, a get ready for something bigger Yeah, since it, later was, a, since in the it year. was a good fight. Um, I mean, you, you've got, you know, you, you got... Um, Jorge Linares Yeah, I was going to say I was going to say you got Jorge Linares that's not a bad one. Mm-hmm. Linares would take that fight and yeah. Linares can still box. So that would be an interesting fight mm-hmm. for certain, you know. Um 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, man. I mean, I'm looking at the lightweights, and there's it, all, there's not it, many. It, it's funny, you know, as much uh, mouth running as we were doing, Yeah, Berenchik is high on a lot of these lists. Yeah, I know. After, you know, I know. It's like, yeah. what did he do to get there? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Well, yeah, he's a good fighter, by yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 just, we, we just weren't convinced yeah. with how that fight happened, right? But WBO has him ranked third. Yeah, yeah, I see that. So, all right, so there you go. I mean, yeah. th- that's ideally what... Ryan Garcia mm-hmm. can do fight Devin Haney and then set that up. Yeah. And if he does that, and by the way, if, you know, I appreciate him saying that's what I want, right? Yeah. I want the easy fights. I want Davis. Mm-hmm. I want Haney. I want, oh, he actually said after that he wants Manny Pacquiao, yeah. right? That fight's not going to happen. Yeah, no. Right? That's not going to happen. Yeah. Would it be a good fight? Yeah. Sure. Right? You know, everybody wants $30 million to fight. Right, Manny right. Pacquiao. Of course. Of course. That That's that's it, right? That's the lottery, right? Yeah. You get him and you're pretty much in. So uh, anyways, good fight. Very impressive. No, he's not the shot caller, but he will be the shot caller in the lightweight division, Rick, if he beats Devin Haney. Mm-hmm. Make that fight. Um, Matchroom, you know, Hearn's already talking about it. Make that happen. Yeah. And, and I even think that, you know, eventually the Teofimo fight – it, it it'll it might happen, yeah. But it'll be two three years down the road. I think Teofimo's got a couple more fights yeah. at one thirty five. Yeah, he'll be up at one forty. Yeah, and it'll kind of be like, uh, you know, they'll be moving up along slowly. Yeah, you know, kind of avoiding each other for. Yeah, and th- but it could both are young, both yeah. are in young to- in. No, uh, and 20s. We, yeah, yeah, and we know that you know there's no way at five ten he's going to stick around the 135 pound mm-hmm. you know division, mm-hmm. right? He's going to eventually move up. So you're right, you know. But again, this is just us, right? Yeah. We're, we're very, you know, maybe we're overzealous and that well, we want to see it now, right? Yeah. Because that's in some ways, right, what we used to see, right, in the 80s, 90s, when there wasn't so many, you know, promotional companies. Certainly, mm-hmm. when BBC wasn't around. Right, yeah. we'd see a lot of these more fights. The book I just read, you know, Orfeo Gomez. Um, these guys fought each other, right? Carlos Zarate, Lupe Pintor, Alberto Davila, same kind of, same talent, Rick. Yeah. At in a different weight division, but they all fought each other. Yeah. It was almost like they took turns, mm-hmm. right? Trying to see who really was the best, and, and and you know, and you listen to these guys get interviewed, and that really was their goal. They wanted to know, right? They would hear the buzz about this fighter, and they they said, you know what? I want to know how good he, how good he really is. Yeah. Put the fight together. All right, Rick. Um, so there you go. There's their whole Ryan Garcia. Wow, a whole segment. Yeah. But I think it was warranted because it was a big fight to start the year. If he's got that many followers. We gotta we gotta cover it accordingly. Yeah. Um, all right. So coming up, we got the rest of the boxing news. Mm-hmm. All right. Good fight on the undercard. We said we got some uh, Berlanga news, right? Some Triple G stuff uh, taking place. Also want to cover or talk about a um, really interesting documentary that came out a few years ago called Counterpunch. Okay. Pretty interesting. Anyways, folks, we'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing. All right, protect yourself at all times, folks. Pacific Coast Boxing back, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado. Rick, on a weekend where King Ryan dominated the boxing news, which was good, even though he didn't make the front cover of ESPN or the lead on any sports show, by the way. That that tells you that's another thing, right? Um, And it's funny, right? I went, uh, I was golfing this past weekend Uh and talking to the guys, good guys. It was... um, a group of guys uh, from uh, from Ireland. Okay. He was asking me about, you know, Katie Taylor and stuff. Uh-huh. Good guys, you know. 
one of the guys was even a uh, a, a champion uh, equestrian rider. Okay. Yeah, a guy named Buck Davidson, one of the top <laughs> top uh, equestrian riders in uh-huh. the in the United States. Good guys, all three of these guys, man, just good good solid people. But you know, talking to them, right? Um, they were asking because I got my you know my boxing my uh, golf bag is all mm-hmm. draped out in boxing paraphernalia and stuff. And they were even saying that, you know, who are the big heavyweight guys, right? I mean, they know Tyson Fury and mm-hmm. stuff, but they were even asking immediately about the heavyweights. Yeah. Right? And after the top three, it's it's, it's slim pickings, man. It's, uh, you know, we want to see uh, Andy Ruiz. You know, he's um, – Yeah. All reports are that he's been working out hard. Yeah. And he's lost a ton of weight. Yeah, we haven't seen um, him. There's some BS pictures on him, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, There's some on. clearly <laughs> marked up. <laughs> Clearly, that's Anthony yeah. Joshua's body, and, right? And, yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, no, if, but, if he, yeah, if he's got like chickens used to say, yeah, because he, he there's somewhere he's even got a six pack, you know, yeah, and if he's no, got a six pack, I'm, yeah. I'm a monkey's uncle. Yeah, no, that's used not to happening. Say. Yeah, um, you know, but uh, there's some interesting fights for him. Uh, if he was able to beat like uh, Luis Ortiz or yeah. um, you know some of these other guys that are you know right there, right underneath yeah. uh, the top three. Then you know maybe he jumps back in there into the picture. You know, um, I mean he 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 showed right. Mm-hmm. He showed when properly motivated, right? Coming yeah. off of what was it like five weeks or something yeah. like that, and when you know what he did to Anthony Joshua, who of course you know we don't think highly of him. At least mm-hmm. I don't think very highly of Anthony Joshua as a great heavyweight. But um, no man, there there's there's fights there. But it's the heavyweight division, right? Yeah. It's the glamour division because it's the heavyweight, right? It's the heavyweight yeah. belt. Right. When we talk about who's the pound for pound best fighter, um, you know, right now, like we said, we believe it's Canelo. We said that last year and it probably is Canelo. But at the end of the day, the heavyweight is the king of boxing. Yeah. Right. Because it's the heavyweight division. You know. So, yeah, that'll uh, it it, it was interesting. Right. But, yes, there was other fights going on and other news. So what else we got going on, Rick? Yeah. So um, it was a pretty good card. You know, Rain Garcia, you know, headlining. Um, but it was a good nine fight card. Yep. Um, you know, some good action fights, you know, especially the uh, co-main. Uh, it was a uh, Rene Alvarado losing to uh, Roger Gutierrez by unanimous decision. Yeah. It was uh, 113-112 three times. Yeah. Uh, Rene Alvarado was knocked down in the twice in the in the third and uh, once in the 12th. Which and, was the difference in the in yeah. the fight, right? Yeah. So it um you know, without that knockdown in the you know, in the twelfth, yeah, you know, we, we've we've got a draw. Um, Alvarado knocked out Gutierrez in uh, two thousand seventeen. Yep, uh, was a pretty good story for Roger Gutierrez. Um, he actually retired in two thousand eighteen. You know, posted that uh, he no longer wanted a box, and yeah. his family talked him into still doing it. His mother uh, was one of the main ones, letting him know, you know, hey, you know, you can be world champion. Um, so he when he went to training camp, um, well before that his mother had cancer. Yeah, he left for training camp. She died on November 29th, and he was forced to choose. You know, do I attend her funeral in Venezuela or do I keep training? Yeah, and keep going after what was her dream and his dream, and he promised her that one day he'd be a world champion, and uh, he stayed. You know, and 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 trained and uh, was able to bring back the uh, WBA. You know, super featherweight title. Yeah, what a what a story, right? Yeah. I mean, what a story 
um, and we saw it play out right in front of us, especially to start the year, right? And by the way, uh, an early candidate for for fight of the year, yeah, right, yeah, um, yeah. And this is a guy who, like you said, you know, 2018 lost two fights in a row, lost to mm-hmm. Hector uh, to Taj- Tanajara yeah. and to Oscar Duarte, right, in 2018. Mm-hmm. And like you said, a lot of guys, a lot of people had this guy out out for good, mm-hmm. right? Um, like you said, gets knocked out. Seventh round against Rene Alvarado. This is back when he was just doing eight rounders, right? Um, what a feel good story, man. That's yeah. the beauty about boxing, right? Um, you know, he was inspired and, and what a performance, man. Yeah, but no, yeah, great action fight. Yeah, you know, um, you know, we were even kind of joking around, you yeah, know, that this is uh, you know, fight of the year 2021, right? You know, Could be two, two, you know, two days in, so we'll have to see. Uh, you know, I think there'll be plenty more to choose from, but uh, and there was a belt on the line, right? Yeah, that was our caveat. Line. I know that you know we we had the uh, Nakatani and Felix Verdejo fight. A lot uh-huh. of people thought it should have been uh, Branchik and Zapata, uh-huh. right? I think it was just the fact that that fight was just not very technical. It mm-hmm. almost just seemed like it was just a complete slugfest. Yeah. Now, if we had a category for entertaining fight of the year, yeah, probably yeah. Branchik Zapata. Yeah. But from a pure boxing perspective, this is the sweet science, Rick. Mm-hmm. This is not the sweet slugfest, right? Yeah. From the sweet science, right, boxing perspective, um, Nakatani and Verdejo, two excellent yeah. fighters. But yeah, what a performance by uh, by Roger Gutierrez, right? So you know what what you know what does he do now, right? That that's that's a hundred and thirty pound mm-hmm. division. Right, which is also you know pretty loaded too. You know you got Burchelt, uh, Oscar Huge. Valdez, you've got a lot of fighters. They're all division. there that we talked about. Yeah. You got Jamal Herring who's who's about to fight Carl Frampton, mm-hmm. or you know that fight supposedly already made. Joseph Diaz, I know you're going to get to that here. He's got a fight coming up, yeah. right? So yeah, all of a sudden he's he's right there, exciting fighter to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more than likely he'll get you know the uh, Alvarado. You know, Alvarado Gutierrez three. The trilogy. The trilogy. Yeah. Um, you know, that'll probably happen. Um, and it makes sense. There, yeah. You know, winner, you know, can go on and there's uh, plenty of fights to make in that division. Yep. Um, for Rene Alvarado, you know, he his uh, twin brother yeah. fought on the card, Felix Alvarado. Yeah. And uh, he won by uh, TKO in the 10th. Yeah. Uh, he retained his IBF lightweight title yeah. against DJ Creel. Mm-hmm. And he knocked, he knocked him down in the second, fourth, and the 10th. Um, even the zone, you know, they they put it out there. Only their other yeah. stat, you know, stat of the week, yeah, was uh, other than the Alvarado twins, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. who are the other other twins that uh, have held championship uh, belts? Um, would it be the Pattersons, wouldn't it? Not the Pattersons, not the Pattersons, because they, 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 they fight recently. Oh, they fight recently. Yeah. Oh, uh, then uh, was it the Russells? No, they're not twins. No. Yeah, who is it? The Charlos. Oh, the Charlos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, yeah. The, yeah. It makes sense. You know, they they, they threw that stat out there. Yes. Um, yeah. Sorry. I was looking, uh, Rick, a little distracted uh-huh. because I think we saw, um, I think we saw Gutierrez fight at Fantasy Springs. Oh, okay. Yeah. We. Okay. I think we saw him fight back in 2018. Uh, who, who did he fight against? He, well, he was on the he was on the Jorge Linares uh, Abner Cotto fight. Okay, I don't know if we made that fight, but I but I I think we did. Uh-huh. I think we did. Sorry, that's why I was distracted. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I started looking at him as he fought Oscar Duarte. Yeah, you know, tough felons, well known fighter. And he lost. He lost yeah. against Oscar du- uh, Duarte. That Romero Duno fought that night as well. Mm-hmm. I tell you, man, you look at some of these cards. 
And some of these, if you remember, right, we would make most of them. Yeah. But every once in a while, we would balk and say, ah, we're not sure we can make them. Yeah. Boy, we look back now. Yeah. We should have went to every single one of them. Yeah. You know, because these are where, you know, even though we saw them a few times fight, these are where the Virgil Ortiz's were fighting. Yep. Before they were, you know, the fighters. Yeah, they before are they today. were Virgil Ortiz. That's and we yeah. saw a lot. I mean, we again, we've saw most of uh, Ryan yeah. Garcia's early fights. Yeah. At the Fantasy Springs, right? But yeah, we I think we were at that card. Yeah. That's why I was looking at him. It's like I, I he just seems really familiar. familiar. Yeah. And I remember that. Anyways, go ahead, Rick. Um, yeah. Also in the news, uh, it looks like uh, the Triple G Jaime Munguia. Yeah. You know, is uh, a really good possibility for May. Yeah. Um, I'd look forward to that fight. You know, it, it's one of those fights where you've got an up-and-coming Munguia. You know, maybe you've got Triple G on the way out. You know, may, does Triple G have one more good fight in him? Yeah. Or not, you know. It, yeah. But uh, it'd be it'd be a good fight to see. Yeah. Um, we talked a lot about a little about last week, mm-hmm. and I think that would be – that is the fight. And I think mm-hmm. that if Triple G is going to beat him – Now's the time to do it. Yeah. I told you a few years ago, uh, Jaime Munguia uh, was losing to Callum Smith. Yeah. Right? First four or five rounds, he was losing to him. But unfortunately, right, this is when, you know, the bigger, uh, uh, the better, bigger man, right, yeah. um, eventually took over and dominated Callum Smith. But Triple G is no Callum Smith, Rick. Yeah. Okay. No. I think he still has maybe, maybe one, maybe two great fights left in him. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So why not against Munguia? Yeah. Right? Well, why not? Great es- to see. Especially if the money's right, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, oh, man, I'd love to see this fight. Yeah. If I'm if I'm Triple G, I take it all day long. Yeah, and, you know, an easy fight to make. you got Matchroom and Golden Boy again. Yep. And, um, you know, definitely can be made. And I think they got to know, right? I think Triple G also has to look at reality, which is he's not going to get the, the Canelo fight, right? Yeah. Canelo's already talked about Um he wants to clean out the super middleweight mm-hmm. division, right? He's got to fight the uh, the uh, Elidrum, Elidrum, the mandatory WBC, right? The, the champ, right? The championship belt that the WBC say, hey, we're going to sanction this as WBC, but you got to fight our guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that took place, but I'm almost sure that it did. And then he's going to fight Billy Joe Saunders, and then Caleb Plant. That's it. Yeah. Okay, so after that, what are you talking? Triple G is going to be, you know. 48 years old, right? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be chance, yeah. it's going to be too late, man. So, right this is it. He's got to strike while the iron's hot. This is the year. And if they want to give Triple G the opportunity, mm-hmm. interesting, right? Because Triple G um was uh they these two may have fought, right? A couple years ago. Yeah. Remember that? And they decided to not let Jaime Munguia fight. They thought he was too young. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when they put our guy from Glendale in, right? Vanes Martisha Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, that, right. That didn't go well. No, that didn't go well. Yeah. But again, you know, hats off to Martisha Ryan for even yeah. doing it. That was a Don King fighter. Still is a Don King fighter, although we've never seen him after that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And we love Vanis, um, and his father and, and, and his brother. It's a fighting family. But anyways, yeah, if I'm Triple G, mm-hmm. this is it, right? This is probably as good as it's going to get. And here's the thing, yeah. because I don't like Triple G against Charlo. Charlo destroys him. Yeah, no, he's too young, too fast. Uh, it's a bad matchup for him. It's a very bad matchup for him. Yep. But Jaime Munguia, good matchup for him mm-hmm. because Jaime Munguia is still learning, right? He's not like, you know, Bambi walking on ice necessarily, but he's still very, very raw. Yep. He's still going to get hit a lot. Again, Callum Smith was beating him. Yep. And 
you know, and 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 uh, Triple G's a lot more heavier handed than Callum Smith. Yeah. Damn, I want to see that fight. Yeah. You know, he they- deserves it, and I'll tell you what, Triple G deserves. I, I don't want to say it's the same because you know, but it's almost like a Duran Iran Barkley. Yeah. You know, that this is like kind of that yeah. moment for for Triple G. That's kind of how I see this fight. Yeah. That one opportunity, that last opportunity for Triple G still has the IBF middleweight championship, mm-hmm. by the way, right? So it's it's not the same, right? I, uh, you know, Duran didn't have a belt at the time they were fighting yeah. for. I think it was the IBF junior middleweight championship, but still, right? Very similar in like his last hurrah. Because yeah. look at the other guys. Demetrius Andre, he's, he's not going to beat Andre. No, you know he's not. Okay. If, yeah, Ryoto uh, Murata, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to see Rob Brandt actually fight Murata in a rematch in the trilogy for that one, mm-hmm. by the way. I think Brandt deserved that. So we'll see, man. Other than that, or, you know, Sergio Martinez. Oh, jeez. Ranked number yeah. five by the WBA, right? Yeah. You know, uh, you know, maybe if he gets by Hammy Munguia, <laughs> yeah. then, then it's uh, yeah. Triple G Oscar Well, you know, come uh, he, September. That's fine. Yeah, and you <laughs> heard, right? Sergio Martinez, he says that's who he's got his sights set on. He goes, uh... He's going to step up the competition uh-huh. with the goal at the end of 2021 of fighting Ryoto Murata uh. for the middleweight championship, of course, right? Yeah. Which is why the WBA, by the way, has him there at uh, rank five. number five. Yeah. Yeah, go figure. You know, I, wasn't he still at five before he even came back? <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah. Well, he was pretty close. And <laughs> yeah. all he had to do, right, he didn't even announce, he didn't even turn in the paperwork, yeah. right? He just said, hey, I'm thinking of coming back. That enough? Number Boom, nine. Five. Yeah. Well, well you, nine, nine. When he said, "I'm thinking of coming yeah. back," and then once he won, once he won the fight, bam, top ten. Yeah, you know it. Uh, it's funny you look at the Ridiculous rankings. Is and, uh, that man? Sergio Martinez is five. Jaime yeah. Mugia six in the rankings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you need to know, <laughs> right? About how ridiculous. The rankings are, and by the way, this has been going on forever, going through the books, right, by the great Christian Judici. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the fighters that Gomez and Arguello, Duran, and Camacho were fighting, yeah, how these guys were ranked number four and five, yeah. you know, it was, they're all in bed together, the promoters, the sanctioning bodies, right? Um, unfortunately, the fighters are just a commodity, and they get just kind of thrown in here. Yeah. But yeah, Sergio Martinez, who hasn't fought in years, right? Fights one fight, and he's ranked ahead of uh, Jaime Munguia, head of, ahead of Ronald Ellis, Ridiculous. right? Yeah. But anyways, love to see that fight with Jaime Munguia and Triple G, right? Yeah. I think it's a good fit, and it's a good fit right now because Triple G waits another year and forget it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, yeah, it, it, he'd be way too old and— yeah. Um, yeah, this is his last chance for that for that big fight. Yeah, you know, and if and if he looks well, yeah. it looks looks good against um, Jaime yeah. Munguia. Maybe, maybe Triple G changes his mind, and not Triple G, Canelo changes yeah. his mind, right? And wants to fight him towards the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, this is very much um, Obi Wan Kenobi taking out yeah. a young uh, Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, right. Later on, no way. But now this this is it. Yeah. You know. Yep. What else we got? Rick? So yeah, coming up. Uh, Towards the end of the month, um, we have uh, it looks like a Mayweather uh, promotions card. Yeah, it's on Showtime. Angelo Leo versus yeah. uh, Stephen Fulton. Yeah, that's a good fight. Yeah, that's a good fight for uh, Leo's uh, WBO Junior Featherweight title. Yeah, and um, so Stephen Fulton, right? He's the he he has beaten. Uh, he's undefeated. I think he's eighteen mm-hmm. and zero. Okay, Philadelphia fighter, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's the one that beat. Um, Adam Blue Nose Lopez, by the way, 
Okay. No fault of Adam Blunos Lopez. Adam Blunos Lopez is like, you talk about, you know, a tough start to his career, right? Fighting those, a who's who of boxing. Fights Stephen Fulton. Also fights Oscar Valdez. Remember that? Yeah. Dex Oscar Valdez. And then, of course, Oscar Valdez came back to beat him. But that's going to be a good fight. Yeah. Stephen Fulton's the real deal. This has been a long time coming. Um, can't wait to see that one. Yeah. Um, another one. Uh, In fact, another... hold, let me see the... Uh, Let's see if we can see the odds in that yeah. one. Another Mayweather fight. Yeah. Uh, R- Rolando Romero. Yeah. And Justin uh, Paldo. Okay. Uh, Romero's a guy that uh, was highly touted. Another yeah. lightweight. Um, if he can get, uh, I think he had a couple fights where he struggled. He won. Yeah. But he struggled a little bit. And uh, but if he can get back into that lightweight mix, this is another guy. What date is the for. is that card? The uh... Uh, January twenty third. Okay. Yeah, they don't have anything on it. On sorry. Yeah. yeah, my uh my uh you know, my boxing odds yeah. sources don't have that. Well, you know, on, we'll, on, we'll on get the... a show closer to that one and then uh we'll have them. Yeah, I'm just curious as to who they have. But yeah, no, that's a good fight. And then uh January thirtieth, uh, yeah. on Fox, we've got Caleb Prant, uh Caleb Plant and uh Caleb Trout. Yep. Uh Caleb Truex. Truex, and, yeah. Yeah, and Caleb Plant, yep. Uh IBF super middleweight title. Yep. And uh, that same day, uh, from Moscow on the zone, yeah, got Sergey Kovalev against uh, Bektamir. Uh, right, I'm not even gonna try the last name, but uh, it's uh, Beck the Bully. I yeah, guess is, uh, oh, is that right? Is his name? In uh, in what you were describing, right? You're saying um, that you think this is a setup to finally get Kovalev out because this guy's very highly touted. Yeah, you right. Know, he's a highly touted Golden Boy fighter. Yeah, and this is the last uh, fight that Kovalev has uh, yeah. with Golden Boy. I see. So if uh, you know they they can beat Kov- Kovalev, you know it'll it'll put a name on uh, Bektamir's, uh Interesting. By the way, um, going back to that January thirty first fight with Caleb Plant and uh-huh. uh, Truex, mm-hmm. right? The 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 line on that, okay. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to have to make your lock of the week. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a fight this Saturday to make your lock of the week. but Caleb, no, Yeah, there's no fights this week. But Yeah. Um, but that one, just so you know, uh-huh. minus 5,500 for Caleb Plant. Okay. Oh, wow. So what that translates to from a percentage perspective, like the implied probability is uh-huh. 98.2% that Caleb Plant wins. <laughs> That's what that means, by the way. <laughs> a good chance that that's the luck of the week then. Right. So yeah, yeah, for that for that week. And by the way, right, and that's what's wrong with boxing, yeah. right? We got these guys that right, no chance no chance at all. No Very chance. non non-competitive, right? Yeah. You know, well, you know, I think a lot of especially in that division, yeah. nobody wants to take a, a risk cuz no. then you you lose out on that payday with uh, Canelo. Yeah. And in the um and the fight by the way, the Kovalev and uh and Beck the Bully you said? Uh-huh. Yeah, um, Beck the Bully is favored, uh-huh. right? Uh, the line there is about minus, uh, he's at minus 365, right? Which means there's about a 78% probability that they think yeah. he's going to win. So, so, but, so does, but you know, does the surge, does this Kovalev, does the crusher have one more fight in him, man? Yeah. Right? A lot of so many issues for him outside of the ring. Yeah. Right? The yeah. whole case with the whole right here in Big Bear, right? Mm-hmm. Allegedly punching the woman who refused his advances. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. You yeah. know, here's the thing, Rick. Whether that's true or not, right? How do you put yourself in a situation where you have to, you know, defend that 
that uh, no, I didn't punch this woman. Yeah, come on. Yeah, it's there, there's usually some truth. There's something. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean, right? Now, because the, there's some. Or he's tr- in a bad spot. Here's the, yeah. but here's the thing, Rick. When you have that name, okay? Yeah. He is the, you know, at one point considered a pound for pound, you know, best fighter, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's he's the Sergey Kovalev for crying out loud, right? Yeah. Fine, he's in a bar drinking, but come on, man, you can't put yourself in that situation. No. That's just ridiculous. Right, and then to be, you know, hitting on the woman, and the woman didn't take his advances. These are this is just allegedly, right? Yeah. But come on, right? How yeah. do you even put yourself in that situation? Yeah, not good. With, with the distractions, you know, it just uh, this. It's been the beginning of the end, but this is the beginning of the end. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. That was Bobby Chez's tagline, by yeah. the way. The beginning of the end. Remember yeah. Bobby Chez? He was a light heavyweight back in the day. Yeah, he was on. Uh, was it ESPN? The yeah, he's one of yeah. them. Yeah, that he that used to be. Here we go. The beginning of the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I think uh, also one last thing for the news. Yeah. Um, all British boxing has been postponed due to COVID for oh, all wow. of January. In the UK, you're talking everything's yeah. done. Yeah. So wow. it. Uh, you know they closed down for January. Um, you know even here in the U.S., you know there's yeah. not very many fights. Yeah. You know, in January. I think yeah. they're kind of waiting. You know, we'll get to February. February starts picking up. You know, you got Joe Smith Jr., Richard Comey and his yeah. separate fights. You got Jojo Diaz. Yeah. Uh, Patrick uh, Teixeira. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and then the Burchelt Valdez is mm-hmm. in February. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, there's going to be more fights. It'll start picking up in February. Yeah. It's like you almost have to, unfortunately, at this point, right? We can't even look at it by the month. We got to look at it like what's going on this quarter. Yeah. Right? The big fight this quarter, of course, which we'll break down, is the March 14th Juan Francisco Estrada yeah. against Chocolatito. Yeah. That's got to be the big fight. Yeah. And, and right? here I'm hoping, you know, that somehow that can be in Southern California. <sighs> Man, I know. Yeah. Mar- and, and, yeah. March is pushing it. I'm surprised they haven't announced where it's going to be yet, though. Yeah. Well, I think they're holding out hope because they, yeah. they actually want that fight. Yeah. At the Dignity Sports. Yeah. You know, which would be a great venue. You know, it's outdoors. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's outdoors. You know. Yeah. Limited. We got we to make, start making these if once they start opening it yeah. up. But, but so, yeah. So, it's almost like I'm looking at It's like, okay, what's going on this quarter? Mm-hmm. And that is the big fight this quarter. Yeah. Is that, I mean, right, if you had the circle and say, which is the super fight? It's that one. Mm-hmm. This will really prove, is Chocolatito really back? Yeah. And, again, and if Estrada wins, by the way... What it'll set up is a fight with the Japanese fighter, Ioka, who won uh, in an eight-round uh, TKO on New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. Rick. He won. And so he wins that fight. Man, to see Estrada and Ioka would be something else. Yeah. No, they're, they're, there's a lot of fun. This is another loaded division, you know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even mind, honestly, if right. that one doesn't get take place. Heck, give Carlos Cuadras another shot. Yeah. Have Cuadras fight Ioka, right? That whole that whole division down there, you know, um, the we Joshua don't. Franco, the Maloney. Yes, exactly, exactly. And then you go up, and I'll tell you what, um, Inoue, right, who pretty much owns the bantamweight division, mm-hmm. it's time he moves up to one twenty two. Yeah, he's got to move up to one twenty two this year. And we talk about, you know, what are we looking at in twenty twenty one? It's that he's got to move up. Fight Brandon Figueroa, Danny Roman. How'd you like to see Inoue against uh, merged on Akmadiello? Yeah. Right, a lot of good fights. Yeah, be a heck. And by the way, I think he knocks out Brandon Figueroa, meaning in a way. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, 
I get I, I get a little bit too far yeah. ahead. What else we got, Rick? Um, that's pretty much it for the news. You know, it's it's, it's kind of slow in in January, but uh, yeah. Well, as soon as we get the information, we'll put it out. I tell you what, I have uh, one more note. By the okay. way, I mentioned at the beginning of the show a little teaser with uh, Edward Berlanga, him mm-hmm. of the uh, first round knockout streak, right? He must have been listening, or his people must have been listening to the podcast, Rick, right? Guess who he's calling out, Rick, in that super middleweight division, right? Yeah. You know who's calling out, right? Who's he calling out? He is calling out none other than our man, Gabe Rosado. Oh, man. And we called that, right? Uh Because everyone, and he knows that, right? Puerto Rican kid. Everyone's clamoring, saying, okay, time to start stepping up your competition, yeah. right? Okay, you're taking out all these guys. Even the ones that, you know, that never been knocked out in the first round, these are still not household names, right? Um, you know what I'm saying? He's not taking out like David Lemieux in uh, in the first round, right? Steve Nelson, he's not no. taking it. So he is calling out Gabe Rosado. He's saying, hey, listen, we're both Puerto Rican, Right. Um, although, by the way, he sounds more Puerto Rican than yeah. um, than Gabe Rosado, Gabe right? Gabe Rosado, especially he's out here, West Coast now in yeah. L.A. But, yeah, um, Berlanga's saying, hey, man, let's do it, right? Yeah. Let's make it a big Puerto Rican fight. And then after that, he wants um, David Benavides. But I'll tell you what, that would be, and I said this, yeah. that would be a great fight against Gabe Rosado because Gabe Rosado would not be able to box the way he did against Daniel Jacobs. Yeah. And he did. He he. It mm-hmm. was a very good performance by Gabe Rosado to do what he did. Everyone thought he was going to go in there and it was going to be a slugfest like what we normally see. And if he would have done that, Jacobs probably takes him out. Yeah. Didn't happen. But I'll tell you what, Berlanga would not allow uh, Rosado to fight that matter, Rick. Yeah, no. You know, I, I'd, I'd really like to see this fight. Uh, I don't think he'll knock him out in the first round. But I, you know, I'd like to see you know no. just the the way no. the matchups would. Uh, yeah, you know, I think it'd be a war. It would be a war, yeah. and I agree, right? I don't think he takes him out in the first round, yeah. but right, Rosado has the ability to take him into deep waters, mm-hmm. and for this guy, deep waters is you know hearing the bell for round two. Yeah, right. So I actually think that Rosado has a shot, right, yeah. to, to to beat this kid because we don't know, right? Well, he's going to come out and he's going to still try and knock his head off. Rosado is going to have to box the way he did against Daniel Jacobs, and I think he can do that, right? But at some point, you know they're going to have to go at it. Yeah, yeah, no, perfect he... guy for him, man. And 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 by the way, and a perfect opportunity for Gabe Rosado yeah. to say, "Now you're basically, you know, you're you're a one knockout wonder. Welcome to the big leagues, type of thing, mm-hmm. right? Welcome to the show." No, yeah, would love right? to see that. Um, you know. No reason why they can't get that done. You know, I don't think Jacobs gives him gives uh, Rosado a rematch. You know, I think it. Uh, no, no. You know, I think perfect fight for Rosado. He probably should. By the way, if if you're Jacobs, you yeah. probably should give him a rematch. If nothing else, just to redeem yourself because it was a very poor showing by yeah. by Daniel Jacobs, right? When you hear all this talk about you know the 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 middleweight division and the Super middleweight division. You don't really hear Dan, uh, Daniel Jacobs' name being thrown around. Yeah, no. Even we're talking Triple G, right? Uh-huh. Same thing, right? Yes, he gave Triple G a good fight, but he's not even in the conversation. No. So he should give uh, uh, Rosado a rematch, mm-hmm. right? Why not? Give him a rematch. Yeah. But if not, Berlanga, thank you and your people for listening to our podcast, right? <laughs> Yeah, we if people listen to us, Rick, like we're some of the few you know podcasts out there that really understands boxing. 
Other thing I'll tell you, Rick, uh, just a quick one. Um, I'm surprised we didn't watch this earlier, but there's a pretty cool documentary. It's called Counterpunch. Okay. Um, you should check that out. Okay. It, it's it's um, yeah, it's this guy that used to be that used to fight. Um, never quite made it, but he still fought. And you got to respect anybody that gets in the ring. Uh, but it basically follows Chris Colbert, uh, Peter Kid Chocolate Quillen, and then uh, oh gosh, I'm gonna forget his name. He changed his last name to Awesome Cam Awesome, <laughs> who, who's really who's just pursuing um, a, a spot on the on the United States Olympic boxing team. But pretty cool, pretty interesting. Couple things from it, right? It just highlights how now Chris Colbert signed with PBC. Right. And all throughout, it's all about I want to make money the way Floyd Mayweather does. I want to make millions, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Which tells you how different fighters and boxers are mm. now, Rick. Right. Yeah. No, it, it definitely has turned into, you know, how can I how can I cash in and, and, and cash out? It used to be about, you know, I want to be the very best. Right. I yeah. want to be considered pound for pound the best fighter. I want to beat the best. And he just fought, by the way, Chris Colbert just fought. um in November, I believe. Yeah. Um, so really good. Peter Quillen was there, right? Pretty interesting. See, I forgot. I didn't realize and I forgot that Peter Quillen was the um, the middleweight champion at one mm-hmm. point, And then he dropped the – he left the belt. And it was basically, right, on advice from – you know, the, the documentary says it was basically Al Heyman because the opponent that he would have had to have fought was not a good matchup. Yeah. So he left the belt. And did then did they ca- mention who it was? No. Who the bad matchup was? No, no. I, I have to look at it. I don't know yeah. who it was, but it was um but then he came back to fight Andy Lee to a draw. Uh-huh. And then after that, that's when he got knocked out in the first round okay. by the Miracle Man by Daniel Jacobs. Yeah. But in that time, he made three point two five million. Right? Yeah. So basically, you know, what 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 the um what what the documentary is trying to say, right? This is where boxing's at, right? It's mm-hmm. not about necessarily fighting the best. It's about making money. De La Hoya's in there. Uh, Hopkins is in there. Pretty interesting. Pretty entertaining. Yeah. And it was good. It was good following these guys around, watching them in training camp. I mean, it was. It, I thought it was well done. So check that out. It's on Netflix. Yeah, no, definitely will. Yep. All right, folks. So there you have it. Got caught up with the boxing news. Got caught up with the whole Ryan Garcia. We'll be back with Stat of the Week to close this thing out. Pacific Coast Boxing. All right. We're back. Round number 12, yeah. right? Round number 12. Of course, we start a new series after round 15 because we're still old school rick yeah right championship rounds for us is 13 14 and 15 right yeah the rounds that great fighters like alexis arguello used to take out their opponents uh sugar ray leonard beat uh tommy hearns in round number 14 right how many fights you know how different would fights have been nowadays think about some of the fights yeah had they have gone another three rounds and just the 12 mm-hmm. that we have today man well you know Hypothetically speaking, here you know yeah. Rocky would have lost to Drago. Yeah, had the fight not gone fifteen. Yeah, that's ex- no, that's exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah where exactly. would we be then? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that would have been it for yeah. the whole for the whole chain. Yeah, crazy. Um, I mean, I was thinking more honestly, uh, De La Hoya Trinidad. You know, yeah. I think De La Hoya comes back and probably just. And knocks him out. Uh, probably to not. To be honest, well, uh, yeah, I, I think he know, probably does, man. It's it's you know, you know? It's funny you mentioned that, but yeah, uh, <laughs> you know it. Uh, you know, not the way that fight was going. You know, Trinidad. You know, probably takes him out, probably in the thirteenth. 
Well, uh, no, I don't think so. I yeah. don't think so. I think that uh, our, I think De La Hoya would have realized that, yeah. you know, and he wouldn't have went to that whatever strategy he employed, right? A little overly cautious. Well, I, I think part of it too is he ran out of gas. I think he did. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't. I, I don't doubt that at all. Right? He yeah. he didn't seem. But again, but he's a fighter, mm-hmm. and fine. That's the thing, Rick. And this is just is what it is. Yeah. You know, could he have found that second win, which is very possible, yeah. in the twelfth, thirteenth round? It's just those last three rounds make a huge difference, yeah. man. Safety reasons, I get it. You know. Yeah. But man, but the fifteen rounds just seemed ideal. You, you don't, yeah. You don't want people getting dehydrated and then hit. You know, I think that's the big thing. Is yeah, during throughout the fight, they get dehydrated. You know, they yeah, take fifteen rounds of punishment. You know, it's it's a little rough. But how did the old guys do it then, or the old school guys well, do it? How them got hurt? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. well, they did. They yeah. some of them, some yeah. of them. But I mean, but some of them trained for that. Yeah. Like I said, um, Alexis Arguello. That's what he did. Yeah. I mean, he was an assassin, but he was very patient, right? Yeah. He knew that he had 15 rounds to take this guy out, and yeah. he would, right? And, 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 and so, you know, some of these guys would win simply because they just outconditioned their opponents. Yeah. They outwilled them, but anyways. All right, Rick, stat of the week. First stat of the week for 2021. So, yeah, we'll, we'll start it off with a, with a bang right here. You're, yes. We're going to talk uh, Puerto Rican boxing history here. Wow. Um. <laughs> Can you name the only Puerto Rican boxer? Yeah. You know, who was pound for pound, number one. Yeah. On the uh, Ring magazine at one point. Yeah. And was fighter of the year at one point, Ring magazine. So pound for pound. Pound for pound. And it didn't have to be the same year. Yeah. But pound for pound, fighter of the year. Yeah. And, uh, or they called it boxer of the year. Yeah. But, uh, and then. At one point, was number one pound yeah. for pound on that list. Okay, so not in the same year, but at one yeah. point. Okay, yeah. and he was Puerto Rican. He was Puerto Rican. Okay, so I'm gonna just start going down. You know, who are the great Puerto Rican fighters? I'm gonna start with Rafael Gomez. Okay, it wasn't him. Okay, he has the thing. So it wasn't yeah. Rafael Gomez. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, Felix Trinidad couldn't have been Felix Trinidad. It, it was Felix. Felix it Trinidad. was Felix Trinidad. Yeah. He was Boxer of the Year in the year, in the year 2000. Wow. And uh, it didn't specify what year, but at yeah. one point yeah. he was pound for pound. Probably after he got done beating. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned just a little bit ago. Yeah. Yeah. Probably right after he beat De La Hoya. Was that that was in '99, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was in '99. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, so okay, so Fighter of the Year. Yeah. Right. In the year 2000. In the year 2000. And so that's when he beat... But uh, he's the only one who's gotten those three accolades? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, those two. Yeah, those two. Who? Uh, Trinidad, Trinidad and who else? Just Trinidad. Oh, Trinidad. So he's the only one who's gotten from Ring Magazine. Ring Magazine. Pound for pound number one. Yeah. At any point. Right. Which is, it seems strange because they yeah. they've had great fighters. Right. And then... Uh, the only Puerto Rican? The or the only just the only the, fighter, The period. only Puerto Rican. Wow. The only Puerto Rican. No, because there have been plenty of so other the fighters. ring fighter of the year. Yeah. At one point, the ring pound for pound. Yeah. And then at some point, what was the other one? Well, no, no, it was just those two. Okay, just yeah. those two. That seems simple. Yeah. But nobody's ever nobody's, nobody's ever won it, both. Know, with all the the fighter of the year yeah. and been there pound for pound. Yeah. Nobody. No. Like even wow. like, not Miguel Cotto. Not yeah. A, a, um, not Hector Camacho. Yeah. And um, well, in this year uh, or last year, the ring uh, fighter of the year was Cole, right? It was Tufima Lopez. Uh-huh. And, and uh, Tyson Fury. Uh, and Tyson Fury, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, it makes sense. And neither one of those guys, mm-hmm. 
are they're in the list. I know Teofimo's in there, to, uh, pound for pound, yeah. uh, top list. They, feel, they both are actually, but not number one. Yeah, I see. Wow. So he's the only one. The only one. That's a heck of a stat, Rick. That's yeah. a good stat to start the year because you would think that there would have been other fighters. Been, yeah, you know, there's, uh, you know, Wilfredo Gomez. Um, well, anyone, but you're saying not just uh, there's not just Puerto Rican any fighter yeah. at any point. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Alexis Arguello. No, 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 no. But, but we're talking just Puerto Rican. Okay, that's what we're I'm talking, saying. Yeah, okay, the only Puerto Rican. That's yeah. what that's what I'm saying. Only some, somebody else had to have won yeah. that. Okay, yeah. So Miguel Cotto. Miguel Cotto, I guess at no point was, you know, fighter of the year. Right. Or no, was he ever considered or number one pound? I don't for even pound. think he ever was considered the number one pound for pound. No. Which makes sense at, at yeah. the time that he was fighting. That that yeah. there was just so many and then, other fighters. You know, Camacho from watching yeah. the documentary was yeah. maybe close. Yeah. But Chavez was during that same era. Yeah. You know, and so you know, yeah. Chavez was number one pound for pound, and yeah, you know. Well, and he he didn't, um, you know, the fights that um, the fights that Camacho had early on were not mm-hmm. considered great fights. Yeah. That's the thing. His biggest fight was, you know, Edwin Rosario. Yeah. And Rosario put a hurting on him, even though Camacho won. But that wouldn't be considered a great fight. Yeah. And like you said, yeah, he came around and he was fighting at the same time as Sugar Ray, mm-hmm. Roberto Duran, Tommy, you know, Hearns in their prime. Yeah. So that would have been tough for Camacho to have made that list. Certainly had the skill set to make it, but uh-huh. didn't make it. So yeah, that makes sense. And like I said, he was never involved in a in a true, mm-hmm. you know, fight that somebody would say, "Geez, that's the best." That was the fight of the year. Yeah. No, he got throttled by Chavez. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Lost to Hagen rematch. He beat him, but mm-hmm. it, nothing. You know, nothing exciting. The Vinny Pazienza fight. You know. Yeah, way towards the end. Yeah, and it wasn't even great. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great fight either. So there nothing there. Well, there you have it. So yeah. it's, but that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, if it was only but you know what though? I would have thought and maybe it was just too early. I would have thought it would have been Wilfredo Gomez. Yeah. Who, you know, and, and maybe they didn't have the mythical, you know, pound, pound for, for pound, pound. but yeah. no, but they had to have because yeah. he he fought into the 80s. Yeah, you know, but probably back then, you know, there were probably others. Yeah. Um the tough thing about back then too is, uh, you know, Gomez fought at 122 mm-hmm. at the super bantam weight, and back then that though that weight division right yeah. didn't get a lot of publicity as much as in the you know early 80s, the that welterweight, the middleweights, the the heavyweights, Larry Holmes, etc. Wow! All right, good stat of the week, Rick. Now we know the only Puerto Rican yeah. to have ever won both of those accolades from yeah. Ring Magazine. No, no surprise then there with the uh, with the great Felix Trinidad, who. Yeah, had the fight have gone fifteen rounds, probably would not have uh, seen the scorecards against <laughs> against Oscar De La Hoya, right? Was, you know, um, <laughs> as as you know, as you know, he's one of those fighters that uh, you know his thousandth punch. Yeah, is harder than his tenth. Yeah, you know, the more punches he throws, the yeah. harder they get. I'll say this, and I've always said that again. I love the fact that with Trinidad, you were going to get a fight. Yeah. Right. There was no doubt about it. Right. There was no doubt about it. Beautiful left. Yeah. And you knew what you were going to get with him. Yeah. Right. He went in there looking for the knockout. Um, That's why he was so endeared by the by the Puerto Rican Mm -hmm. fans. Right. Camacho, by the way, I think, you know, um, even though he was born in Puerto Rico, really not considered a native Puerto Rican. Yeah. No. Right. From New York. Right. Right. And so, yeah, when he when he fought Rosario in Puerto Rico, it was really Rosario that was considered the the real uh, Puerto Rican, by the way. By the way, before the uh, before the uh, Rosario fight, 
Um, Camacho had uh, a pair of red panties sent over to Rosario to his hotel room. <laughs> yeah, he said it was from like some the governor of, uh-huh. of some city, some town in Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah. And Camacho later said, "Yeah, he really he regretted that. Yeah, because that really pissed off Rosario." <laughs> a lot of stuff in Chris Judici's book, by yeah. the way, that is not in that in that documentary. Yeah, we'll have to bring that up. It's a lot of yeah. It's a lot of it's a lot of good details of some of the crazy stuff that Camacho would do. But yeah, that Rosario fight changed everything. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you ask most like Puerto Ricans, they respect and like Edwin Rosario. Yeah, a lot more than uh, Camacho, yeah. Juan Laporte, right? Even though Camacho was probably not probably was more skilled than any of those guys, mm-hmm. just you know distracted with drugs and everything else going yeah. on, man. All and, right, and too Americanized. Yes. Well, yeah, that yeah. that was the other thing. Yeah. That was the other thing, and that bothered him. By the way, that always bothered him. That you know, he well, he was Puerto Rican. His family's Puerto Rican. He yeah. just came over here yeah. to get raised. But you know, you saw the documentary. The truth is, he, home for him was you know Spanish Harlem yeah. there, East Harlem. That's really where he was from, where there's a huge uh, Puerto Rican contingency. But he is nothing like um, like Wilfredo Gomez. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the book I just finished. That that is the. Any list that you look at, Wilfredo Gomez is the number one Puerto Rican fighter of all time. Yeah. You know, lost his first fight and then reeled off uh, 31, 32 knockouts in a row. 17 title defenses, Rick, all by knockout. Oh, wow. That's Wilfredo yeah. Gomez. So, I mean, you know, the bazooka. You know, first loss was to Salvador Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Max, the great Salvador Sanchez. All right, folks. We could talk boxing all night. That's just kind of what we do, man. Um, big show coming up again next week. Speaking about... Um, Macho Camacho, um, author. Hopefully we get him next week. If it doesn't happen next week, I know it'll happen soon, but good chance that it does happen next week. Looking forward to that, Rick. Um, looking forward to, you know, we let's also start talking about what are the fights, makeable fights again, mm-hmm. like we did in 2020. Yeah. What are the fights that can get made um, for each of the divisions? We talked about the no-brainers, right? Yeah. yeah, Spence Crawford, of course. Fury, Joshua, yeah, of course, right? But from a pure boxing fight fans perspective, there's all of these other fights, right, within these divisions. Like I said, Jamal Charlo, right, the the Jamal Charlo with an A, the undefeated Jamal Charlo. That guy's to me, right, is one of the best fighters pound for pound. I don't care where he's at. Who's he going to fight, right? Yeah. He, you know, he, he, and there's a lot of fight fights, him and Jaime Munguia, you could see that fight, him and Demetrius Andrade, right? Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of those fights. You go to the, you know, you go to the junior middleweight, there's a lot of fights that need to be made. Is there, you know, maybe Erickson Lubin and Jermel Charlo. Um, what about, um, here's a guy that just kind of disappeared after he lost uh, uh, Jared Hurd, yeah. right? Loses one fight and all of a sudden he's off the grid, right? I want to see Jaron Hurd against Jamal Charlo. Remember, Hurd and Charlo was the fight that was going to take place, yeah. right? And, and then, then they both Hurd lost and, and, and so lost, did Charlo. Yeah. And then Charlo came back and yeah. beat Tony Harrison or I'm sorry, Jason Rosario to win the championship. So let's, let, you know, there's those kind of fights, mm-hmm. right? That can still get made that are great fights, yeah. right? So let's go ahead and we're going to start to put those down so that we have an idea right from a fight fans perspective don't forget folks send us an email counterpunch at pacificcoastboxing.com follow us on itunes subscribe um give us a rating tell us what you like what you don't like protect yourself at all times folks pacific coast boxing see you next week